day on the Scott Thompson Show on AM 900 CHML. More arrests have come in the wake of the Manchester attack, bringing the total number uh, to 15. Uh, investor Investigators say they may have dismantled a large part of this network uh, that uh, the bomber was a part of, and uh, more can be expected. Simon Palomar is with us, Research Assistant, Center for International Governance Innovation, and is with us now. Hello, Simon. How are you today? I'm well, Scott. How are you? Good. Thanks for taking the time to join us. So, obviously, as we dig deeper into this uh, Manchester attack, uh, initially not sure if it was a lone wolf, now seems to be part of a network, which raises the question, how much would they have known about this network prior to the attack in Manchester? Well, that's a good question, because the, the most rec- one of the most recent developments in the UK since the attack has uh, been the uh, announcement that MI5, the domestic security intelligence organization, will be conducting a review of uh, its practices and uh, procedures uh, in light of the fact that it, it turns out that Mr. Salman Abedi, the, uh, the suspected uh, bomber, was known to uh, UK uh, police and security services. He was one of the you know, many thousands of people who um, the UK government has um, taken note of in the last several years as people who they believe have traveled to uh, Africa or Middle East to engage either in uh, in terrorist activities, receive training, or participate in one of the civil wars there, and then return to the United Kingdom. So uh, right now, it's uh, what what is initially thought to be you know perhaps someone who came a little bit out of the blue, uh, someone unbeknownst to authorities now looks like uh, this was somebody who was known, not not a person of serious concern, not someone um, at the top of the priority list, but someone that perhaps, you know, hindsight being 2020, someone that I think a lot of people are now going to say that uh, British police and intelligence should have been watching more closely. Uh, as you mentioned, Simon, hindsight 2020, is the truth here really that they do know about these people, but there's not much they can do until a criminal act of some sort is, is committed? Well, I mean, there's that's part of the, the challenge. Um, one thing I, that we have to keep in mind when we're talking about what happened in Manchester is the uh, this so-called foreign fighter problem. You know, I mean, you've probably heard it talked about in the news or in opinion pieces the last couple of years, but... With the uh, the civil war in Libya, then Syria, uh, the, uh, the ISIS's campaign across Iraq, uh, we've seen you know large numbers of people, particularly from Europe, traveling to um, the Middle East to to take up arms either against jihadi groups or in favor of jihadi groups, but you know the, what they're what we call you know either terrorist or guerrilla tourists, and there's been this concern about people coming back. Uh, to their home countries after they've received this training, had this experience in a war zone. Um, in the United Kingdom, we're talking about 30,000 people, roughly 20 to 20 to 30,000 people who are suspected of having uh, um, traveled to the Middle East for that purpose. And sometimes you can't really prove in any court of law what they've done. You, know, you see, the you know you know they traveled to Istanbul. You know from Istanbul they went down to the border near Syria, but you don't really know what happened then. Then they came home. 
it costs a lot of money to really, you know, investigate all these people. And of course, without evidence of a crime, you can't arrest them. So part of it is the scale of the problem. If you have 20,000 people that you, you suspect may have, uh, you know, gone overseas to fight and then returned, you can't watch them all. The ones where you have evidence that they perhaps, you know, did commit a crime all overseas or that they might be planning something back home now that they've returned, that number's smaller, two to 3,000. In those cases, you can watch them, you can act, but, you know, in a, in a democracy like the United Kingdom, you can't simply arrest somebody without reason. So it's both a resource problem, you know, you need the money, the officers to do that surveillance, to do it legally, but it's also that challenge of sometimes you can't, you can't arrest somebody because of something you think they're going to do. You need evidence that they're going to do something. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play and listen to The Scott Thompson Show weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML.